your spouse's hand. I was trying to get First Lady up here this morning. She just, just did not. She is so, she is glowing. It's like, baby, you're glowing. No, it's not for that reason. <laughs> we have taken care of that. <laughs> Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Rebin's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Jesus who made all of this possible. And so I pray today that the deposit that you need to make into the lives and the relationships of every married couple here. I pray that each person individually will have ears to hear what you want to say to them. And Father, every word that the enemy has been whispering in the ears of those who are married in this room, I cancel his voice in their life. I cancel his voice in their ears. And I declare today, God, that the word is going to pierce through hard hearts. It's going to open up, Father, deaf ears, and they're going to hear exactly what you want them to hear. And so I thank you that after today, their relationship will be stronger, will be healthier, and that, Father, they can expect greater things to take place as they do it your way. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. Well, we're doing something different for the month of February. We are actually separating our Sunday morning services uh, and we're separating them by relationship status, which means now that this nine o'clock service is actually for married couples. And so if you're here and you didn't know that and you're single, just stay in the room long enough, you'll learn something. And hopefully you'll learn some things on what you need to do and not to do when you do get married. Amen. And so our 11 o'clock service is for our singles. And so we're going to be doing this for the whole month of February. I thought it was a great idea because February is considered the love month. It's not just Black History Month, but it's the love month. And I also felt that there are some relationships in this room and some that are watching that are on life support. And so my goal is to revive. Everybody say revive. My goal is to help revive the relationships with the Word of God. So, if you're new uh, to viewing and if you're new in the room, uh, the whole month of February we'll be doing that. And we also do that in the month of October. 
So if you're taking notes, I'm going to jump right in this morning because I don't have a lot of time. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to actually keep with the theme of 2024, which is a year of divine stewardship. So the message title ties into that. And so if you have your notes or if you're taking notes, the message title is stewarding your marriage. Stewarding your marriage, or we could say managing your marriage. And the goal of the message today is to teach you how to biblically, everybody say biblically, teach you how to biblically manage your marriage so that you can consistently experience the joy that comes with marriage. Now, I know everybody's excuse for me right now. You know, they see me and they see me smile and they say, Pastor, how you doing? And my, my, my answer is I'm amazing. And they're like, oh. They're still honeymooners. Well, say what you want to. I'm enjoying where I am at right now. How many know joy is a choice? And so hopefully today I'm going to help you identify some things that hinder you from being a good steward in your relationship. Because let me give you some news. If you're married, God gave you your spouse as a gift. And if your spouse is a gift... That means God gave it to you. And if God gave it to you, you you are now considered a steward. And the scripture says that it is required of every steward that we are found faithful. Amen. So point number one, if you're taking notes, I'm going to jump right in. It's our main point for the day. And it is managing you comes before managing your marriage. Everybody say managing you comes before managing your marriage. In other words, here's a take-home statement. Self-management must always precede relationship management. I'm going to say that again. Self-management must always go before or precede relationship management. In other words, you can't make a relationship better if you're doing bad. How many know it takes two people to make a relationship work? And the problem is, we as married couples sometimes tend to respond to our spouse based on what they're doing or not doing for us. Do you know that you should not allow the actions, activity, or attitudes of your spouse to determine or dictate how you treat them. When you stand before God, in fact, yesterday, one of the scriptures in the homegoing service was, it is appointed unto man once to die, and then after that, there's a judgment. Well, you and I, one day, are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for what you've done here. Guess what? Your spouse will not be there with you. Say amen to that. So we're going to look in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Such a great verse. Because if you don't get you right, it's hard to get your relationship right. Amen. It says he or she that has no rule or control or management over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. Listen to the NIV version. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through, 
So is a person who lacks self-control. Now, here's another version. I didn't put what version it was, so I don't know what it is. It says, people who cannot control themselves are like cities without walls to protect them. And see, back in biblical days, the walls of a city did two primary things. The first thing it did is that it provided security for all the residents that was in the city. So anytime you saw a wall, one of the purposes was to protect the people that were on the inside. But the second reason walls were important back then is because they provided protection, watch this, from external threats. Amen. So what Proverbs 25, 28 is saying is people who cannot control themselves are like cities without walls of protection. And if they don't have walls of protection, guess what? The enemy can come and go as he pleases. And I'm not talking about walls where you put up to not be hurt. No, I'm talking about you managing your own spirit so that your self-management can help produce life for the relationship. Amen. And if you don't learn how to manage you, the enemy's going to come in and out anytime he gets ready. And this is how everything can be going right. The mood is good. The music is good. The day's going good. You feeling good. And one thought that you express that you probably shouldn't have said ruins everything. You don't have self-control. Watch this now. Therefore, you end up being controlled. I'm going to say that again. See, when you don't have self-control, when you don't have self-management, you end up being managed. And so what I'm going to do here is give you some things that happen when people who lack self-control are typically controlled by. Because if you're not controlling yourself, you are being controlled. So here's the first thing that controls people who have lack of self-control. The first one is emotions. How many have emotions? Let me see your hand. Yeah, everybody should raise their hand, right? But see, my question now is, how many of you, your emotions have you? Emotions, these are, listen, and these things that I'm naming are things that if you have not learned how to control you, these are the things that are going to control you. The first one are your emotions. They are a slave. People who, who are controlled by their emotions, they are a slave to what they feel. And that's why they have to say whatever those feelings are. Listen, there's nowhere in the Bible that says you should express everything you feel it. I'm going to say that again. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you should express everything you feel. Well, I just feel like saying it. Well, the question you need to ask yourself is, what fruit is it going to produce after you say it? Say it, say it, say it. No, no, no. The Bible actually encourages us to do the opposite. 
James chapter 1 verse 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man who? Let every man, read it with me, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Wow. This verse is saying to be slow to say what you feel like. Be slow. So one of the things you need to ask yourself is, what good is going to come out of what I'm about to say? And if good is not going to come out of it, you may want to pray before you say. Listen to the American Standard Version of Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. It says, he whose spirit is without restraint is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Do you have control over your own spirit? Because if you don't, the enemy's running in and out anytime he gets ready. Here's the second area that a person who cannot control themselves become controlled by. Addictions. And this is when a person is dominated and or controlled, watch this now, by drugs. And I'm going to include not just illegal drugs. And I know some of you all are waiting for Texas to, uh, uh, you know, put the check mark on marijuana. I know. You can't wait to be able to smoke weed legally. But I'm not just talking about illegal drugs. I'm talking about controlled substances. I'm talking about like medication. If Look, you stuck on sleeping pills. Hey, you popping pain pills, ain't nothing wrong with you. Well, my husband is a pain in my neck. That don't count. That don't count. This is a person who is dominated or controlled by drugs, alcohol. That's three words. Alcohol. Tobacco. I have to include vaping these days. I also have to include hookahing. Is that a word? Hookahing? Hookahing? Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Pornography. You know, pornography can ruin your relationship. Amen. Here's number three. This is what a person who cannot control themselves will be controlled by in that stress. This is when an individual is controlled by the pressure and problems from external conditions and situations. And so what happens is they allow the external stress and issues to stress them. And because they can't control it, now it seeps into the relationship. If your spouse, I'm talking to somebody right now. In fact, you just had this conversation this week. I'm in your house right now. This is how the conversation went. Baby, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells around you. You should not have an eggshell ministry if you're married. Oh, okay. I'm just going to keep going. 
Here's number four. This is an area that a person who doesn't control themselves will be controlled by. This was bad, and that's trauma. And trauma, this is when a person is controlled, watch this church, by the events of their past. They have either never gotten over what they've gone through, or, watch this now, they lack the ability to overcome and manage the triggers that surface from their traumatic experience. Therefore, it controls them. And this is why you seem schizophrenic in the relationship. Because you got triggered at work and you bring the trigger responses back home and your spouse did nothing. They just said, hey, baby, or hey, honey, how you doing? And because you got triggered all day. Now you're triggering that you have not learned how to manage or control is controlling you. And now your spouse has to suffer through that. They don't know who they going to get. Amen. Here's number five, and that is poor self-identity and image. And this one's big right here. This is big. This is when a person doesn't have a revelation of who they are in Christ. Therefore, their lack of identity controls the negative perception that they have. And here's the bad part. This negative perception is the lens by which they think others view them as. Let me tell you something. If you don't fix you, your spouse can't fix you. Your spouse can love you. Your spouse can support you. Your spouse can believe in you. Your spouse can pray for you. Your spouse can speak the word over you. But only you can decide who you going to be. Amen. Listen. Look, if you don't believe in you, if you have not accepted you, why do you expect your spouse to? Now, here's the problem. Touch your spouse and say, he's about to talk to somebody. When you're not happy with who you are, no compliment in the world from your spouse is going to fix that. I did you, let me go on this side over here. I said, if you're not comfortable with who you are, no compliment in the world from your spouse is going to fix that. And here's what happened. You have a spouse and you feel like you can fix them because they don't feel good about them. And so you want to help them. And that's fine if you want to help them. But you got to understand you can help them, but you can't heal them. Because if you think you can heal them, then you're going to be pouring in the cup and pour. It's like pumping up a tire. But the tire got a hole in it. And let me tell you something. If you pump a tire up manually, and that tire has a hole in it, eventually, you's going to get tired. And when you get tired, you know who you're going to blame it on? The tire you was pumping. But see, that ain't even fair because you're the one that decided to pump. Okay, here's number six. 
This is what a person, what will control a person if they don't control themselves, and that is carnality. This is when a person consistently walks, talks, thinks, and lives in the flesh and by the flesh. They have not decided to yield to the Holy Spirit and obey the word. Therefore, watch this now, people who live in the flesh, they are controlled by their perverted wills, lusts, and desires. Let me tell you something. Sex don't cure lust. You would think that you are legally married now, that you can get some for free. You ain't got to leave nothing on the dresser. You ain't got to cash out nobody. You don't have to do none of that. And you can get some for free. Anytime they want to give it to you. <laughs> right? You say, well, Pastor Evan, that's the problem. We're going to talk about that too. But here you are. You can do it. Whenever you want to do it, but you decide you want to do it with a computer. What the heck is that? See, what you have not realized, there's a spirit behind that. And the spirit behind that is called lust. And the problem is when there's a spirit behind that, there's very little your spouse can do to fix that. Amen. One of the best ways to manage you, look at your spouse and say, you need to manage you. See, I know you've been wanting to tell them that for a long time. Look at them again and say, Pastor said, you need to manage you. One of the best ways to manage you is to make a decision to be spirit-led and not feeling fed. I'm going to say that again. The best way to manage you is to make a decision. Everybody say make a decision. You have to make a decision. Listen, you don't live this way by default. There are certain things that Edmund Connor is going to do Every day for Cherise Connor. She ain't got to ask me for it. She ain't got to act right for it. She ain't got to believe for it. She ain't got to pray for it. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I've made the decision that these are things that I know she likes and I'm going to do it. And until you make that decision, you will live by the flesh. So let's quickly read Galatians 5.16. Because God knew that we would get married and he knew marriage would have challenges. Yeah. If you've been married one day, you've realized that. I should have said one hour, but I wanted to give you some grace. 
No, you, you realize, you've realized, okay, marriage has challenges. And the Bible even told us that. It says those who get married, it says that they will have trouble in the flesh. So if you're having some trouble, your relationship is biblical. What you need to do is use the same Bible that told you that you're going to have trouble in the flesh when you get married. You need to use that same Bible to walk it out. Listen to Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 because I'm talking about being led by the Spirit. So it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let who? The Holy Spirit. Not your friends. Not your co-workers. Not your mama. Not the soap operas, days of our lives, as the world turns. Well, that's old school. The Atlanta housewives. He said, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. I told first lady, I said, I'm going to ban you from watching life series, you know. Because when I watch the life series, I'm like, it's always about killing somebody. It's always about this lady planning on plotting to kill her husband. I'm like, ooh, I don't want her to have faith for that. So I'm going to block that channel. <laughs> so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, watch this, then, then when? When the Holy Spirit guides your life, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. The spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Verse 18, but when you're directed by what church? By what? When you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So what he's about to give us are the ways that we act if we're not Spirit-led. He says the first one is sexual immorality. If you're struggling right now with cheating or being tempted to cheat, Because temptation is not a sin. I'm going to say that again. Temptation is not a sin. But see, there's a way to dupe temptation and just dupe it out when it comes. Because see, some of you all are being tempted and you're not duping it out. Look. First thing, you shouldn't even have no husband at work, a work husband. The devil is a lie. And you should not have a work wife. The devil is a big lie. So while you constantly getting these compliments, but they're not pure compliments. You, you can feel that it ain't right. But because your husband didn't tell you you look good when you walked out of the door, you feel like, well, somebody need to tell me. (laughs) It says here, the first one is sexual immorality. Watch this. Here's the next one. Impurity. Now, that's different because 
impurity starts from the inside. So you can think impure thoughts towards somebody and they never know about it. Then it says lustful pleasures. Verse 20. Idolatry. And let me just say this. If you're unwilling to serve in your, in your relationship, you have made you God. See, most people think that idols are things that, physical things that we worship. Watch this now. When you can be your own idol. It says, idolatry, sorcery, witchcraft, playing mind games. Come on now. We, 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 If you have to play mind games, you have a spirit problem. So what do you mean by mind games? You know what I'm talking about. Especially if you play them. <laughs> you know exactly who I'm... If you don't understand what I'm talking about, don't worry about it because you're probably not operating in it. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Listen, listen, listen. Hostility. Quarreling. Let me say today's words. Arguing. Fighting. He says jealousy. Outburst of anger. Wow, outburst. Selfish ambition, dissension, division. I need to hurry up. Uh, verse 21, envy, drunkenness. Wow, wow, parties. Wow. I'm going out with the boys. Where y'all going? I don't ask you where you going. See, that's how that be going right there, see. You know where she goes. She's going to Target. You know she's going to Target. That's the only place she goes. Target, Target, Target. I don't ask you where you go. Oh, okay. All right. That's that mind game we talking about right now. <laughs> he says wild parties. And then he said, you know what? I want you to get the picture of this. And other sins like these. He says, let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Do you know you can be in a family and not inherit nothing? Verse 22, very quickly. But the Holy Spirit, ooh, I love the Holy Spirit. He produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And we're coming up to the word I want to focus on. Gentleness. And read it with me, church. What is it? One more time. Self-control. The Holy Spirit is in our life. Not for you to be able to prophesy. I see the Lord. Well, I see dishes. I see the Lord. I see a low needle, my car needing gas. Why does the Holy Spirit have to... When you ain't doing nothing about what you can see... You know he ain't had no sex for a while. Why don't you just give him some? He ain't asked for it. Give it to him. Give it 
to him. And you know what? Give it to her if she give it to her. <laughs> That's right. Give it to me, baby, Rick James. <laughs> Now, I'm not going to tell you what week so you'll show up, but I am going to talk about the sex thing. When I meet with couples and you haven't had sex and, you know, you having sex once every two months, once a month, once every six months, you ain't had sex in a year. That was one of the reasons you got married. How do you go from being a hoe to wanting no more? Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Y'all wasn't married. Y'all all over the place. You at the car. You in the car wash. You in the parking lot. You in the bathroom at Sam's. I mean... I'm coming. I'm coming. I just want you to know that. I'm out of time. Did y'all get anything from today's message? So, let me, let me give you very quickly. I didn't finish, but I'll finish next week. Let me give you application. How, how do, what do we do with today's message? You need to ask yourself the question, do you exercise consistent self-management? That's the first question. Number two, become Holy Spirit conscious throughout the day. Listen, when you get up in the morning, here's one of, I mean, you know, after you told the Lord good morning, all that kind of stuff. Listen, ask the, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what can I do for my spouse today? What can I do? Now, you can ask them. I mean, first lady, she's just amazed. She's like, babe, is there anything I can do for you today? And if I have something, I'm going to tell her. And I ask her the same thing. Babe, is there anything I can do for you today? Right? Because you have not because you... Listen, throw the crystal ball away. They ought to know by now. The devil is a lie. Listen. If you've been married over a consistent period of time, your needs change. So you need to ask, hey, is there anything I can do for you today? Right? So number two, you got to become Holy Spirit conscious. And so here's your homework assignment. Every day this week when you wake up, ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do for my spouse that will bring be a blessing to them? And then here's number three. Love God. This is the only way you're going to be able to do what we talked about today. You got to love God over loving you. And and that one doesn't tie all the way in because my second point, which I'll give you as we close, was I was giving you biblical keys to self-management. And the take-home statement was your God, your God love must be greater than your self-love. Because the only way you're going to properly love your spouse is you got to love God at the right level. Can you say amen to that? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. 
If you're here today and you died and you're not sure you'd go to heaven, I want to pray for you.